Hi everyone, Isha here. Just wanted to let you know you can find us on Twitter at OshiokioPod. I wanted to also thank Barbara Daly for the art that she's provided for this podcast. And lastly, I wanted to apologize for any weird noises that you may hear in the background during the episode. Bear with us, we're doing our best. Anyway, enjoy the episode. Welcome to Oshiokyo, our Sailor Moon podcast. I'm Kim. And I'm Isha, and in today's episode, we'll be talking about Sailor Mars, Rei Hino. So, starting off, we're going to talk about her name and the kanji that can, that make it up. So her last name is Hino, and the first character is He, which means fire, and the second one is the same as Amis, which is no, like, which would be field. But unlike, um, unlike Ami, her first name is in katakana. And katakana is usually what they, is usually what Japanese people use for loan words or for, like, effects. Like, or things like that. Or foreign words and onomatopoeia, right? Yeah. Okay. But in Chinese, because Chinese obviously doesn't have katakana or anything like that. All they have is is their original characters, which Japanese borrows, which are Hanzi, and her and the Hanzi character for her uh, translates to beauty and phonetically is pronounced Ray. Ooh. Which, obviously... And it's something that's brought up in her introduction in the series, both in the anime and in the manga, which is that she's very beautiful, and she's a Miko, which makes her mysterious and cool. Umiko? Is her, like a shrine her, priestess. What not, is she? Yes, uh, Amiko is a Shinto priestess. Gotcha. Amiko is a Shinto priestess. M. Yeah, M I K O. And her birthday is April seventeenth, which makes her an Aries, which is the uh, zodiac sign that is ruled by Mars. And Mars in Japan and in China and Korea as well. Um, is considered the planet of fire. In Japanese, it's called Kase. And it's named for the Roman god of war in English. So, like, this is a planet that is commonly, like, in ancient times, because Mars, when you see it in the sky, it's colored red. So it's, like, since ancient times across the world has been considered, like, an omen of war. So it fits. Yeah. Uh, To go with... The Japanese blood type, her blood type is AB, which means that she's an eccentric blood type. So this kind of fits with the sort of, like, how we in the West sort of look at Geminis, which are, like, two, have, like, have two faces. So, um, so they have both the traits of type A bloods and type B bloods. So that's talented, Calm, private, self-centered, outgoing, two-faced, spiritual, trustworthy, mysterious, creative, and proud. Any of those uh, ring a bell? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So that makes <laughs> sense. Um, so the AB is associated with the way Gemini has kind of a dual personality. Right? I I mean, it's not... I mean, that's the correlation that I'm trying. Gotcha. That that's, what it, that's what it reminds me in Western culture. Because AB consists of two different blood types which have two different descriptions uh-huh. you know right and then 
As in Aries, a lot of those traits overlap. Courageous, determined, outgoing, honest, impatient, short-tempered, and confident. And so something that I notice is that in the anime, she's more like the stereotypical Aries. And in the manga, she more closely follows like the Japanese blood type thing. Yeah, that's interesting. Um, Because definitely uh, in the anime... (laughs) She's known for her fiery temper. Um, but mm-hmm. in the manga, it's almost the exact opposite. She just She's always calm, cool, collected. The manga does show that she does kind of think Usagi's a little, a little dumb, but the anime goes really, really hard on that. But she's not so mean about it in the manga. <laughs> she's not so mean about it. Like, it really only comes up once when she's like, is Usagi really our leader? <laughs> And, I mean, to be fair, she has a point. Yeah. Like, I love our girl, but it's also like, can this can this girl lead her way out of a paper bag? <laughs> I don't know. Don't get us wrong. She's got a good heart. She's got a good heart. Like, I love her. I, you know, follow her into battle. Maybe. Maybe. I'd be more willing to follow Venus or Mars. Yeah. Like... <laughs> Let's be there's, real. Yeah. When it comes to uh, organization, there's questions there. <laughs> yeah. I didn't know her name was written in katakana in Japanese. I didn't either. I looked it up because um, I'm looking every character up to look at their names and be like, what does it look like? And it's just like, her name is in katakana. Yeah. So. That's really interesting because like, like especially back when I was a teenager, I sometimes daydreamed about how to uh, localize it and diversify the the cast because it is very Japanese. And um, Rei was always the one that I was like, but she has to be Japanese if I change the race of any of the other characters. But Rei has to be Japanese because um, she's a Miko. And I always felt like that was the most... Not the most, but that was very important to her character. Um, so that's very interesting that she's the the only one that has like a katakana first name, you know? Because Rei is a Japanese name, though, right? Um, I know that Reiko, Reiko. is a Japanese name. Uh-huh. Yeah. So like the ko like is usually it's commonly used to come at the end of the names of girls, like a feminine particle. It means child, right? Yeah. The direct translation is more like child. Yeah. The kanji is what is used to signify a child. Mm-hmm. Like, you'll see this with, um, Ma- not with Makoto, but with Minako. Because mm-hmm. her name, and we'll talk about that, but with, it's like child of love. So that's more like what her name goes after. But with Rei, I find it really interesting I wonder if some of that has to do with her father being a politician. So mm-hmm. we don't really get a lot of her family backstory uh, in the manga or the anime. This The backstory that we get is from a short story called Casablanca, which takes place during the first arc, but was published, I think, I think in the Infinity arc. Uh-huh. Um, I don't I don't know the exact publication date. Um, and that's when we find out like 
her mom is dead. Her dad is this really high-ranking politician. She never sees him. He basically, once her mom died, like, dumped her on her grandfather, who I presume is her mother's father. Just because, like, you don't get to be a high-ranking politician without having, like, in Japan without already having, like, a political dynasty already. So I don't think... I don't think her grandfather is his father. Right. And... So she, that's why she goes to this really elite Catholic private school. Her uniform is very different from everyone else's. Everyone else's is pretty basic and hers is like, boom. That's one of the first things that's remarked on. It's just like, wow, look at her uniform. Because like we talked about in one of our earlier episodes, um, Seifuku, like the school uniform, is a status symbol. Right. And, um, and in the anime, like, it's never brought up. Like, her parents are never brought up. Yeah, she just so happens to go to a different school. <laughs> yeah, she goes to different, she goes to an elite Catholic high school, even though she's, like, a Shinto priestess. And that was something that, like, bugged me. It's like, why does she go to a Catholic school when she's, like, actively practicing another religion? That was always but interesting then, like, to me. A lot, a lot of people go to Catholic private schools when they're from other religions. Yeah. I don't. I don't get it, personally. But it is, like, again, a status symbol. Um, that's the case in India, like, I know amongst my family. it's a Oh, thing. really? Um, yeah. I know some people do mm-hmm. it here because um, some, some families have the impression that because it's run by a church, that's a little bit stricter, that they've got more discipline. Um, I don't know if that's the case, because I've also heard that there's... <laughs> Right, like I don't know a how lot of shenanigans that, is, that go but... on. We'll say that. <laughs> yeah, but the manga does flesh out like because that's a stereotype. She's though. considered yeah, yeah. It's a stereotype, but you know, even though in the in the manga she's the planet of fire, but she's very cool tempered, right? Um, and it's kind and it's revealed in the manga with this side story, Casablanca, that she hates men because of her father, because of how he ignored her mother. And wasn't even there when she died and then basically threw her away and only trots her out when it's convenient for him to make him look good. Right. That's even comes into the story a little bit in the manga, right? That Doesn't that play out at some point? Or was mm-hmm. it? Oh, no. No. No, that's only in Casablanca. That's right. That's only in the short okay. story. It It is played out really well in the live that's action. That's right. The live action really really fleshes it out and it's very good it really takes because ami and ray it really takes the fact that they both come from single parent households Mm -hmm. and it's like let's explore this let's talk about this um let's have character development (laughs) but in the anime like there's none of that it's just like she lives with her grandfather at a temple she has psychic powers Her, Um, her grandfather gets a personality in the anime though yeah, her grandfather is just kind of like this nice-looking old man who like shows up for a couple of frames in the entire series. In the manga, um, and doesn't matter. And in the anime, he's this very stereotypical, like lecherous old man. He does not look good-looking. No. He's really short. He's bald and wrinkly. He's lecherous. Um, he's you know people complain like you know he complains about how like they don't have as many people coming to the temple, but he's also really aggressive towards young it's like, women yeah guys like buddy people are not going to come to your shine if you're a creeper every time young girls show up at your shine 
Like they're yeah. gonna be sitting there. It's really gross. <laughs> they're gonna be sitting there like, don't go to that shrine. He's a pedo. You know? <laughs> right? It's it's like the thing that keeps people away from the Hikawa shrine is not like the six o'clock bus that like takes you away from reality. But it's like, no, it's really this creepy oh, bird. God. Yeah. And I think that's really just something that the anime was like, we need to pad out our time. Because they introduce Ami in episode 7. They introduce Rei, like, by episode 10-ish? Uh-huh. Or maybe, like, 8 or like, maybe, like, 9. And so, and then we don't get Jupiter until episode 26. They really space. There's 46 episodes in the first season. They really space. So there's a ton of time. And I think this is why they developed Rei so differently in the anime compared to the manga. Because one, they didn't have the source material. Two, a lot of the animators, like, drew influence from her voice actress. Mm. Her voice actress is actually why Sailor Mars's favorite flower is Casablanca. Oh, really? Because that's her, that's her favorite flower. So Naoko Takeuchi did it for her. Aww. Um, so her personality is very, like, outgoing and fiery and, and independent. And also because I think they needed a foil for Usagi. Yeah, that's definitely a reason why. I I think if they'd stuck with the personally personality from the manga, I don't think it would have played out as well in the anime because you'd have Usagi who's eccentric, but you'd have Ami who's calm, cool, and collected, and then you'd have Rei who's calm, cool, and corrected, co- collected. And that's I I think their personalities wouldn't have been distinct enough from one another to really stand out in the anime, especially if you're going to go that long between introducing the senshi, you know. Mm-hmm. So, and it, I think it's very popular still to have the main character be at odds with somebody on the team, and I wonder why. Well, it's 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 classic in Japanese storytelling, or at least with anime and manga. Yeah. And even with, like, Super Sentai. Because there's always, there's always, like, the leader. And then there's, like, his second-in-command slash rival. Mm -hmm. Like, you have Vegeta to your Goku. You have, like, you know, this is the case. And, like, every shonen like, anime or manga has this template. You see this in Super Sentai. You see this in Kamen Rider. Like, all... Of this Japanese media, it's going back to, like, the 50s, has, like, main character and then his friend slash rival. And that's where they were, like, that's... That's That's who Rey's gonna be. That's Sailor Mars. That's who she's going to be. Because we can't just have her be, like, I hate men and, um, I'm superior to you. You know, that's boring. It gets old. We can't have her hate men. We want men to like her. And now Sundares are a thing, Mm -hmm. and that probably could have worked out. (laughs) Right? And, I mean... With Sailor Moon Crystal, I do appreciate that they went that route with her being like, we don't need men, men are trash. <laughs> it's like, honestly, Ray, speaking the truth. <laughs> um, one thing I think is interesting is we, we talked about how Ami was uh, kind of the Japanese fan favorite. I think in America, uh, Ray was kind of a fan favorite. I know a lot of people... Yes. She was specifically their their favorite. Um I Yeah. With polls, Sailor Mars would lead. Oh yeah. I know she was definitely my brother's mm-hmm. favorite and um some of my other friends. And I wonder if that's because um 
I mean, not only is she pretty with her long dark hair, but I think we, America here, we really value that independence, you know? And she's got that fierce, independent personality. Um, and I think a lot of people people here also just, I don't know, it's like they like antagonist, antagonistic characters. Well, I mean, I'm going to compare Ray to Raphael from the Ninja yes. Turtles. Because they're both Ray. Yes. They're both theory they're both rebels against the leader and this the same thing kind of goes for i was gonna say wolverine yeah like i'm gonna i'm gonna do my my own thing and um you can't tell me what to do when i'm stronger than you are and between i think at that point Usagi only had like moon tiara action Uh uh-huh which is pretty which is pretty weak and mercury had um, Shabin spray or bubble spray, which is also more defensive or supportive than it is attacking. And she had fire soul and she also has exorcism powers with Akuryotai. Yeah, she has powers. So she had two different, Yeah. yeah, she has two different attacks right out the gate and they're both very different. And, um, a lot of the times, you know, it was her who had, who like, did like the weakening effect before Sailor Moon had come in to finish. So you're establishing her as powerful. And in the West, I mean, we always identify, we always have like the main character is always identified with fire mm-hmm. and is always stronger um, and is always a bit brash. Right. She's almost kind of like and the s- anti hero built into the team. <laughs> yeah. And we love our anti heroes here. We really do. And they played that up a lot in the original English uh-huh. dub. Like, she was, instead of being kind of antagonistic and sort of a foil to Saki, she was straight up mean. She really was. I That was actually something I really didn't like about her. It's just like, why is she, like, why are you even on the same team at this point? You clearly just do not like Usagi. <laughs> right? It's like, this is your princess that you're supposed to protect, and you hate yeah. her. Yeah. And admittedly like you would have more experience than i would in this because i saw very little of the original english dub but like she never lets up no it's like for like get a get a hobby ray are you kidding yeah. me yeah i don't know why it's that bad like um we have a similar thing in a lot of american cartoons if we want to go back to ninja turtles you you often will have um the the two characters that clash, but it's not usually with the leader. It's usually like the smart one always fights with the strong one. You know, you you had Raphael and Donatello at odds, just like in Star Trek. You had um, no, it was it was Raphael and Leonardo. Was it? Yeah, I don't know what you're talking about. Donatello was usually always trying to um, broker peace between them. But, like, Leo was the leader, and Roth hated it. He wanted to be the leader, even though he had no leadership skills. Oh, then I'm just straight up misremembering. It seems like there were a lot of teams, though, where it was the brawn and the brains were always at odd, and the the leader was the one who was the mediator. Yeah. Like, that, I mean, because the smart one is like, uh, let's not go running into things, and, I mean, the, like, 
even though Freud's been disproven in psychology's like, look, we acknowledge that Freud started this, but we also acknowledge that he's trash. Right. And none of his stuff should be taken seriously. But um, if you look at any media and you're like, hey, actually what you're doing is super outdated, they don't care because they're just attached to this. And so like the Freud id ego super right. ego does play out a lot, especially in Western they're, media. They're more like, they're, they have no psychological basis, but they have turned into tropes. Yeah. Anyways. But yeah, um... I don't know, when you think about it, Usagi is an id in her own right, but anyways. <laughs> right? It's just like, who's really the ego here? <laughs> um, and again, it's it's that difficulty in translating the difference between cultures. Yeah. Because again, Sailor Moon is incredibly Japanese. Yeah. But anyways, I kind of um, I kind of lost track there, but I, I can kind of see why Ray spoke to uh, an American audience. Because uh, she does kind of fall into... Mm-hmm. A, a tradition that we're familiar with, a tradition that we enjoy. We're just like, yes, give us the spicy girl. <laughs> yeah. You can always tell, like, what kind of person you were dealing with. If they were, like, Raphael's my favorite Ninja Turtle, it's like, mm, I gotta watch out for you. Look. Yeah. I'm right. Why are you booing? I'm right. Anyway. <laughs> um, but her antagonistic attitude <laughs> with Isagi kind of increases when she first sees Tuxedo Mask. Because she's also, like, instantly attracted to him. Only in the anime. In the manga, I don't think she ever notices him. Oh, no. Until, like, they all recognize that he's the prince. And then she's like, I guess I have to care about you. Yeah. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Ray has... And even then, like, they never... I don't think they ever really interact in the in the manga. Not really. Yeah. I think, like, with her being attracted to Tuxedo Mask, it's really obvious that the animation team decided she was going to be a foil too. So oh, yeah. Because they knew that Usagi and Tuxedo Mask are endgame. Right. But we gotta have rivals. So, and here's the thing when I was rewatching um the Dark Kingdom arc, is not into her at all. No. He's not into her. Like she attaches herself to him and Usagi's like why? Like he's a jerk. Uh-huh. And she's like, he's cute. And Usagi's like, you need to get your eyes checked. <laughs> and she she really does just attach herself to him, and he just goes along with it. Yeah. Like... I, I think there's some le- legitimate reasons why a lot of, uh, a lot of American viewer- viewers um, criticize Mamoru now. Um, I can't speak for any other country. I just... I'm most familiar with fan base here, obviously. But yeah, he's kind of a doormat in, uh, in America <laughs> by our standards. He really is. He's 18 at least in the anime. Oh, man. You're and right. That makes it so much worse, isn't she? Like, 14? It makes... She's 14. Um, Maybe 15, because school starts April 1st in oh, Japan. Oh, no. So she might actually be older than Isagi, because she was born April 17th. That doesn't make it that much but better. But it's like... It, it doesn't make it any better, but like... He's at least 18, maybe 20. Oh, because God. Because I think he does have a car. I don't know if, I don't remember when he gets a car. Because I know he has a motorcycle. And I know you don't need to have, like, I know you can be younger to have a motorcycle license in Japan. But you need to be, like, 20 to have a driver's license. But then Haruka oh, no. has <laughs> a driver's license. 
but we know she's in high school but that but she's might just rich. Be because she's rich but he's but he's also rich so it's very confusing and it's never really made clear uh, nobody ever says how old he is in the anime they make it very clear in the manga like he literally holds up his school id which tells you like what year he is let's in high school. let's pretend like he graduated but, early or something like that because like imagining a 20 year old <laughs> Being influenced by a 15-year-old. Well, I guess I'll just go along with whatever she says. Oh, God. It's so weird because she calls him. I don't know how she gets his phone number. I think she pesters Motoki into, like, getting it. We never see how she Ray, gets it. Ray, stop stalking. But she calls him and she's like, you want to go get something? You want to go get something to eat? You want to go to this garden with me? You want to go to this thing with me? And he's like, okay. And part of me, because he's really a dork in the anime you know where it's just like he doesn't really have any friends except for motoki like he's all by himself he has no family like he's very isolated except for like literally usagi and her friends and so it's basically just him being like i seem cool but girls are interested in me and you keep calling and i don't know how to say no there's a pack of 14 15 year olds that are stalking me i guess i'll go along with this because I have no one else. Yeah. He's like, okay. And it's really funny because <gasps> Motoki's girlfriend turns out to be one of the um, holders of the Rainbow Crystal. Yeah. And so, like, that whole episode is just Motoki being like, she's been offered this great thing in, in school to, like, go on this internship somewhere in Africa. Mm. And, you know, we're worried, like, and she's worried that if she takes it, like, our relationship could end because of it. She doesn't want it to end, and I don't want it to end. And he's talking to Mamoru about it, and he's, and Mamoru's like, Mako-chan has, like, this huge crush on you. And he's like, I'm not going to date a middle schooler. And, <gasps> like, you see him, you see Mamoru think about Ray, and he's like, me! <laughs> but... N- He's never interested in her. Like, he never, like, tries to kiss her. He never asks her out on a date. Like, she literally puts herself in his way to force him to interact with her. <laughs> Sorry. I I didn't remember that part where Motoki um, lampshaded that whole situation. <laughs> yeah. I don't think he's... I don't know how aware he is of, <laughs> like, Mamoru and Rei. I don't think it's something that he brags about, like, oh, I'm dating this middle schooler. I think he's just kind of like, I don't know what to do with this girl, and she keeps showing up, so I just give in to her so that she'll leave me alone for a while afterwards. I I do wonder if that's another reason why she um, appeals to Americans, though, because she is, she's forward about what she wants, about how she feels, Mm -hmm. and she's available, which even anime characters, viewers like it when they're available. (laughs) Yeah, she's she's bold. Yeah. And I think that's something that when you grow up in a country or in an environment where extroversion is preferred to introversion, yeah. you see that and you're like, I want to be more like that because that's what I'm being told is better. Yeah. But if you're an introvert who grows up in an introverted society, you see Ray and you're like, oh my god, aren't you tired? Yeah. Aren't you exhausted of putting yourself out there like that all the time? All the time. I will say it's very funny that she has all of these psychic powers 
And, like, right off the bat, when she first sees Momoru, she's like, do you think he's tuxedo mask to Usagi? And Usagi's like, there's no way he's a total jerk and tuxedo mask is amazing. <laughs> and, of course, she's right. Right. But she never rubs that in Usagi's no. face. There's so much to talk about when it comes to Mamoru. Like, when, we when we get, get to, to him, his episode, we'll have a lot to just, say. There's so much to say. There's so much. Um... With Rey, because they made her character in the anime, and I know we're talking more about her in the anime rather than the manga, but in the manga and the Dark Kingdom Art, there's not really much to, sh- to say. She doesn't like men. She's cool. She's calm. She's collected. She has magical, she has magical powers outside of being transformed. Um, and that's about, she, you know, she's rich. She goes to a fancy private school. And that's really kind of she's- it. We don't. Yeah, in the manga, she's truly a supporting character. She doesn't have mm-hmm. much of much character development on her own, um, or story arcs on her own, really. But she does create strong support. Yeah, yeah. She's definitely acknowledged as being like one of the more powerful of the century. Right. A little bit more like the Garnet. <laughs> a little bit. Well, I would give that. In the early no. seasons. Now that yeah. tracks. In the early yeah. seasons. Yeah, she's there. Doesn't say much. Don't mo- know much about her. But she's there. She yeah. does a couple things. Yeah, that yeah. tracks. <laughs> um, so in the anime, there's so much more to work off of because there's like 20 episodes where it's her versus Isaki, essentially. Seriously. The true battle. <laughs> and even after we get Jupiter... And Venus, you know, it's still, there's still a lot of focus on Rey. Right. Yeah. And I think, I wonder if that's just because the animators liked her. I think so. After Probably. a while. And I, here we see really, because the manga was written by a woman, drawn by a woman, with likely an all-women team for a girl's magazine. Whereas the anime was was done by men, largely men. And so you have this, and... I mean, all like a lot of cultures have this really sharp divide between, uh, between the sexes, and that's definitely pronounced in, in Japan. And so you have like men projecting what they think girls act like. <laughs> yeah, compared to a woman who has actually been a girl and knows how we act. Yeah. You know that happens in every so, form like, of media in every country. I feel like. Yeah, so, like, they really go hard with the tropes. Like, Usagi is extra dumb in the anime. Yeah. You know, Rei is really out there. I think um, Ami Mako, and Mako-chan are, are well, Minako to a lesser extent, but Ami and Mako-chan are probably the most similar between the manga and the anime. Yeah, I think so. Um... One thing we haven't touched on, I mean, we we touched on the fact that Ray had an awkward relationship with with uh, Mamoru, but in general, is it a relationship if she's forcing it's it? It's not on a him? romantic relationship, but it is a relationship. It is a relationship. It's a really awkward yeah. relationship. Anyways, um, she uh, in general is a lot more boy crazy in the show. Mm-hmm. Um, 
which is weird. When you know the manga version and then you see this anime version, like manga, she hates men, anime, she loves men. And it's just kind of like, um, that's not the same person. And like, she really loves guys, like really does not have any discerning taste. And I wish in the anime they'd given her more discerning yeah. taste. Like she likes a particular type of guy because Mako comes in and she's like, every guy looks like my senpai. Minako comes in and Minako is 100% boy crazy. Like, that is literally hard baked into yeah. her. So I feel like with Rei, they should have done more of like, she's really into a certain you know, type, polished, older guy yeah. types. Which I could have related to because, like, as a teenager, I was like, oh, I'm not attracted to boys my age. I'm attracted to 30 year old men. That is completely inappropriate. <laughs> I mean,. It's fine to be, if you're a 15-year-old attracted to 30-year-old men, it's fine for you to have that attraction. What's not okay is for the 30-year-old man to reciprocate, so. Yes, I never, like, (laughs) I was always very aware of that, and I was like, (laughs) if given the chance with Ewan McGregor, would I have kissed him? I would have tried, and it would have been wrong. Yeah, and if he had tried back, that's when the problem would be there. And if he had tried back, would have been like, well, there goes my crush, because you really should not be It's like, well, now I don't have a crush on you, because now I know you're a predator. Yeah. Um, I don't, I no longer have a crush on you and McGregor for separate reasons, but we're not going to talk about that. Um, 19 years, and he ruined it. Anyway. That's okay. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, Ray kind of takes on the characteristics of Mina, which I think... They had to have known about because the Sailor V manga was being published and it was a lot shorter. And Minako is boy crazy. She's athletic. She wants to be a singer. She's very out there. She's kind of dumb. Rei is smart. But in in, in the anime and in the manga, she's smart. But in the anime, she's boy crazy. She wants to be a singer. She wants to to be a whole bunch of things in the anime. And a lot of it is like... Borrowed from manga version of... Borrowed from Minako. Like, I want to be an actress. I want to be a singer. I want to be a fashion designer. And it's like none of this tracks with who she is in manga. Yeah, that's one... It's kind of disappointing. Um, I almost feel like I would have rather they have shuffled the order they were introduced in. Because I feel like they wanted a character with all these stereotypical feminine traits. Well, not feminine, but stereotypical teenage girl traits, which uh, Minako has. Mm -hmm. But they wanted to space out when the senshi were introduced. So they're like, well, we want all these personality traits, but Minako is not going to be here until the end of the season. So eh, just throw them on top of Rey. And and I think a lot of it is due to like the lack of imagination with men when it comes to like, what does a girl want to grow up to be? And it's just like, she can still be glamorous in different ways. She doesn't have to want to be on stage. Right. You know? Like, there's a lot of different ways they could have taken that. Like, the fashion designer thing, it's just, like, you could have leaned into that, even though, like, Makoto is, like, more of, like, the home ec kind of girl where she makes stuff, not only cooks and cleans, but she can also, like, knit and yeah. sew. But they could have done that with Ray, where she was into art, um, where she wanted to run an art gallery. Cool. Or, like, be a... F- you know, and that would have been glamorous, and that's very high class, and it's definitely not like the regular 
you know, what most people would think, but it is considered like a high class thing to run, to own and run an art gallery and discover painters and hobnob with rich people who buy things for like $50,000 a yeah. pop. Like, point is, gentlemen, that <laughs> remember, women have personalities. <laughs> talk to a woman. Talk to us. We're here. Honestly, just talk to a woman and ask her, like, what seemed glamorous to you when you were a child? Yeah. And the answers will vary because women are different all across the world. Yep. Um, yeah. It bugs me that because with Rey being like Minako, Minako didn't get to shine as much. Yeah. That said, Minako-centric episodes, especially in the future, are some of my favorite because she's so damn funny. That yeah, I love Minako. I I really wish she would have had a chance to shine a little. I I wish she would have gotten to keep a lot of her own personality <laughs> in the anime. Yeah. Um I mean, she did, but she didn't get a chance to really showcase yeah. it. Yeah. Um and I I think she was hamstringed by Ray getting a bunch of her personality traits. Mm-hmm. So it's too bad. Ray Ray is a great character in her own right, and it is interesting she, uh, the difference between the anime and the manga. But yeah, it when they did that, it it made it hard for both of those characters to really stand out. And I know a lot of people who they're not really into Sailor Venus. They don't really know much about Sailor Venus because they're like, yeah, Sailor Mars, Sailor Mercury, Usagi, and then the yellow one, you know? <laughs> yeah, and then every everyone always forgets Venus and Jupiter, and it's like, no, stop. Yeah, and Jupiter is a precious... <laughs> no, stop, I love Jupiter is a precious cinnamon roll. Jupiter? She's honestly the least favorite across the world. Jupiter is? Yeah, of the five, she's the Oh, no! Ranked. I would have thought it was Minako. We'll talk about... Nope, it's no Jupiter. Way. We'll talk about okay. it in episode. Yeah. I am shocked and appalled. It's true. Uh, we'll talk about it later. But um, I wish they had leaned a little bit more into her supernatural powers. Yeah. The precognition, the sixth sense. Because we see flashes of that. Like, they go to the temple and she'll, like you know, focus on the fire and see images and kind of predict stuff. I think more in the second season. Than I wish the first, they would have just like, full on made her a goth chick. I think that would have tracked more. <laughs> that would have worked in the US and not in Japan. I am, I, yes. I still vote for this. <laughs> I think that would have been really good if they had incorporated her antagonistic relationship with her father. Ah. Because oh my gosh, yes. How do you how do you mess with your high-ranking politician father than to like dress up in black, wear white makeup and heavy eyeliner and start putting Marilyn Manson posters? She could be a psychic wall. goth chick who has daddy issues. Yes. I mean, that's what she yes. is. <laughs> I like this. This is going into yeah. my fanfic, which I am never writing, so don't hold your breath. <laughs> right. This is this is our head canon where she's really this cool psychic goth chick. Um I'm gonna draw it. Yeah, I wish they had do it. I wish they had um 
leaned more into that. I think that would have been more interesting, especially since they spend so much time at the Hikawa Shrine. Oh, and that would have been so cute because if she was like a little angsty goth chick and then Minako came along as kind of like the the almost cheerleader type blonde girl and they're friends, that'd be so cute. Right? That's what it is in yeah. the Yeah, and I love that. I love when you have, I love depictions of girls from different types of cliques that are like friends in media uh, instead of mm-hmm. antagonists. I just, I think it's so much more wholesome. I think it's so much more interesting. Anyways, that's just, sorry. <laughs> I think it's so much more realistic. It really is. I know in high school, I was friends like, with people from like, people had different aesthetics. I don't even want to say they're different cliques because they weren't. It's not like they were, um, it's not like people were up against each other. They were just like, we are the group of people that enjoy this subject and we enjoy this thing together. Like the anime group, we like anime, we like yeah. anime together. You know, this other group, we are goths. I mean, I think the- <laughs> Yeah, I think the only groups in our high school that were actively against each other were the ones that were in gangs. Mm-hmm. That's it. Like, everybody else was just kind of like, I mean, you're not my group that I hang out with, but, like, I'll be nice yeah. to you. I'm not going to go out of my way to be a dick. I remember going into high school and just looking around and being like, so TV has lied to me again. Oh, yeah. Like. Because it's nothing like TV. It really isn't. At least not in our school. And, like. There wasn't, like, you didn't have, like, the punk kids be like, ooh, I hate preps, or the the prep kids be like, oh, I hate those losers. They're just kind of like, well, we're into this type of music and this type of aesthetic. It's like, that's cool. I'm into this yeah. type of music and this type of aesthetic. Neat. You know? And let's be real. Everyone was a stoner. Oh, e- we're in California. <laughs> at, our sp- at our high school? At our ghetto-ass high yeah. school? Yeah, we live in, you, we went to high school in California Yeah, in the early 2000s. We went to high school in the early 2000s, like. It was, Everyone it, was a stoner except us because you're a Muslim and I, back then I was Mormon. <laughs> <laughs> well, that too. And it's also just kind of like, well, it's better that I'm on weed instead of on meth. And True. frankly, they're right. True. And uh, most of those people have like college educations now and family and stuff like that and the ones that the ones that don't it has nothing to do with whether they did pot or not so nope completely unrelated doesn't yeah it really doesn't reflect on it i mean i guess it also depends on like how young you were when you started and then that's a that's a topic the biggest problem in our school was the gang activity but that's another story (laughs) We went to a ghetto high school. I loved when fights would start because everyone would run away from the food lines and I would book it. They'd like book it over to the fight and I'd book it over to the food line because you could get pizza and fries. The fries were bad. I liked them. Did you? They were soggy. Well, maybe that's because you get to the end of the line when the lines are super long and by the time you get there they're all old but when there is a fight when a fight breaks out you can get there before everybody else gets into the line because you're to get to the front of the line i mean i never did and then the fries are fresh yeah i never did get to 
<laughs> I don't think I ever got fresh fries, but they were always soggy and extra greasy. And I'm yeah. like, look, I know I'm not a healthy kid at all, but also uh, this feels You bad. had to wait for the fights to break out so you could get fresh fries, my friend. <laughs> I am Usagi. I just didn't have any luck. <laughs> you really are. If there was any proof, it's just like when there's a fight, she runs to get food. Like, yes, it's time to get pizza and fries. <laughs> Insert Kim eating popcorn here. <laughs> um. Oh, we were talking about and Ray. It's, it's, <laughs> we were talking about Ray, but then we like got distracted about our get out high school. It was bad. Um, because we were talking about goth girls. <laughs> goth girls are adorable. There's not really much else to say about Ray. In the first season. I feel like we've said everything. Yeah, for the first season. Yeah. Oh, you know what we forgot? We forgot to talk about Yuichiro. Yuichiro? He's like that weird guy that shows up to the temple and decides to start working there. Oh my gosh. Did he come in in the first season? I thought he was later. He came in... No, he came in at the first season. He has, like, maybe two episodes. He has, like, one episode dedicated to him. I hate it. But, like, he does. What was his name in English? It was something like Greg. No, I thought Greg was, um, was Ami's guy. Uh, I don't know. They had generic white names. They really did. What was his name? Boyfriend. English. Chad. Chad? His name name was Chad? Ew. His name was Chad. Oh. I'm sorry, anybody who was cursed with the name Chad. (laughs) If you're listening, your name is Chad. I hope you go by your middle name. I hope you have a good middle name. (gasps) He's anime only. And, like, he has a mullet? he, He... yeah. Did you forget the no, mullet? No, I'm saying he has a mullet that covered his eyes. Oh, there's a phone in here. Haha, <laughs> sorry about that. Anyways, he has a mullet that covers his eyes, and it it wasn't yeah. cool. It wasn't cool when it came out. It's not cool now. No. He only has two real episodes in the first season that are important, which is when he first appears, and he becomes a Shinto apprentice because he sees Rei and, like, falls in love with her. He's never creepy towards her. I will say this. He's never, ever creepy towards her. I do remember. He, like, he's, he's always trying to curry her favor, but he's never, like, he's never lecherous. He's never trying to grab her. He's never trying to get her on a date with her. I will agree with that. I actually do remember a scene where, um, He's asking her out or hitting on her or something like that. And she, they have like a mental dialogue for her. And she's like, oh, I'm going to play hard to get. And so she tells him no. And he's just kind of like, oh, okay. And gets kind of bummed out. And then she's like, oh, forget it. You know, <laughs> and like goes out with him. Because <laughs> she's, she's, she gets like the impression that he's too dense to get playing hard to get, you know, or something like that. I just yeah. remember though. Like, she, she shuts him down and he's like, okay, you know? <laughs> he's a good guy. Like, it's, it's weird. He's, he's gotta be older than Mamoru. Um, I wanna, I wanna say, like, he doesn't, he's not really in love with Ray, but he 
kind of worships her instead. Because when you see him, he's wearing a suit. And then he's like, I'm going to become a Shinto priest. <laughs> and then in the other episode he, that we have him, like, there's this contest that Kunzai had set up to, like, draw out the Moon Princess. Like, it's the skiing thing. Mm-hmm. And uh, he's like, oh, like, my family has, it's like, oh, my family has a place there in this mountain. And everyone's like, what? And they go, and it's this chateau on oh a mountain. Gosh. And it's like, and everyone's like, are, are you rich? And he's like, yeah. And Ray's like, why are you working at our shrine? He's like, I want to improve myself. <laughs> and he does come out of nowhere to, like, help out Usagi and Ray later on. So, like, he really is genuinely a good That's dude. Fair. And I think really, rather than being in love, he was divinely inspired. <laughs> That's fair. You know, like, I I don't remember, like, I don't think they ever really go that much into his background mm-hmm. at all. But, like, he comes from a rich background. And he probably, like, went to college, got a job as a salary man, and was like, none of this is fulfilling to me. And then, like, wakes up on the steps of the Hikawa Shrine, and he sees her, and he's just like, now I know my purpose See, I I would love to see that story actually played out, you know? Like, I, I know that's mostly speculation based on the little bits that we have, but if we actually got to see that story, I would probably, and he had a haircut, I would probably support <laughs> that character yeah. more. If he, if he had a haircut and a shave. Yes, he needs a haircut and a shave. I'm over here saying, and my boyfriend I, used to I, have a mullet. He had a mullet before I met him, though. He <laughs> did. He had a full Joe Dirt Road oh. mullet. Oh, my God. Why would you take him? Well, he doesn't. <laughs> There's more to a man than a mullet, Isha. <laughs> no, there isn't. <laughs> a mullet says everything. That's everything you need to know. A mullet tells you everything. Like, it's one thing to have a mullet in the 80s when everyone had a mullet, but a mullet in the 21st goddamn century? Well, his family's from... I say this, knowing full well that there are K-pop idols out there with mullets. They're different kinds of mullets. Korean and Japanese mullets are different. Yeah, they've been surgically altered to to be attractive (laughs) even with a mullet. Um, Okay, in all fairness, his family comes from Oklahoma. He grew up in the country. That's really, that makes it worse. <laughs> they have mullets there. <laughs> it, that makes it so much worse. Um, but anyway, wrapping up on, on Ray, like, Yuichiro likes him. Ray kind of, like, begrudgingly accepts him as, like, a part of her mm-hmm. life. But she never really, she never leads him on. He's never aggressive in her affection, in his affections towards her. And um, it actually is kind of sweet. Because he seems to be aware of, like, this is maybe inappropriate, but I'll help her out whatever she wants, because I love yeah. her. Yeah. You know? It's like courtly love. I guess when you look at it like that, he kind of breaks the, the simp trope a little bit. Because I feel like um, in those cases, they're kind of like nice guys, where they're only nice doing nice things because they're accepting expecting something back in return eventually. Um, and you're right, Mm -hmm. he never, he does not do things with an expectation of getting anything back. Like, you see him genuinely, sincerely training with her grandpa. You know, he's not there just to woo her, he's actually, he's actually doing the training. Um, he's not just 
messing around waiting for her to show up so he can harass her or something like that, you know? Yeah, he's not her grandpa. Yeah, yeah. He's, he's genuinely there to learn. He genuinely admires her. And um, given the opportunity, he would go out with her, but he has no expectations, which, yeah. Yeah, I guess now as an adult, I'm gaining a, a bigger appreciation for that. But as a kid watching it, my neighbor mm-hmm. jerk reaction comes from as a kid watching that. It's just like, this guy is so ugly. He's so oafish that... I I can't stand him. He's probably he was probably worse than the English. Oh, stuff. you know you're probably right. They gave him an Australian accent. Yeah. He they made him like a dumb Australian. Yeah, dude. they very much gave him that dude mentality, and that was just like cringe. Especially if you're a big fan of Ray, anyways. Yeah. If you're a big fan of Ray, and you're just kind of like, that's the guy you're pairing her with. Yeah, and like the surfer dude aesthetic was kind of outdated in the mid-90s. So it's just like, none of this is good. One thing that drives me nuts is when you have very aesthetically pleasing female characters and then you pair them with ugly guys. You know? Like, Mm -hmm. give us some cute guys to ogle. Like, we got all the cute girls to ogle. Give us some cute guys to ogle, and the only one we get is Mamoru. None they, of the other guys matter. No, we get we get Motoki. Oh, Motoki is barely how there. Besperch, how dare you besperge? He is there. I'm offended. He's he's there all the time in the dark. Okay, kingdom. yeah, he's there a lot more. How dare you? He is there a lot more. My arc but he guy. also comes from the manga. <laughs> so the two cute guys come from the manga, and then all the other superfluous guys. Come from the anime. <laughs> yeah. The guys that are introduced in the anime are not cute. They might be okay guys, but they are not ogle-worthy. No, that's true. And the ones that, like... I'm trying to think. Motoki is really cute in the manga, No, too. the only ones... The only ones are, are villains. Yeah. That's it. Are any of them introduced in the anime, or did yeah. they all come from the manga? I'm legit trying to think of, like, male characters in the anime. Um, and they all... I don't think any of the cool ones come from the anime by itself. Unless you count Ale in the Oh, tree. in which case... Yeah. We no, don't, Not right? really. <laughs> Well, and even then, yeah, he's supposed to be like cool and popular in he's the really, anime. I mean, we'll talk yeah. about it, but he's not. He's I really liked his alien form. I thought he was cool and and um and attractive, but his human form was not. His human form was very no. bleh. His human form is ugly. yeah, very yeah. underwhelming. And like Fiore in the Sailor Moon R movie, because they're the same type of alien. Yep. Yeah. That's, that's about, about it. it. There's no hot dudes. There's no hot dude. They made Ray boy crazy and then they didn't give her any. So hot disappointing. Dudes. Honestly, like, what do you expect from men? Yeah. Yeah. It's terrible. <laughs> it would just. Well, I feel like it's some self insult. I'm stuff. so mean to the animators. Like, ugh, men didn't give us any cute boys to drill over. <laughs> give us some men to objectify, darn it. <laughs> 
truly, truly one of the biggest weaknesses of the anime. You have an anime that winds up, like, with with all these girls in miniskirts running around, and you're not going to give us any men well, to objectify? Like, we are fine. We well, are fine was, with their outfits. This was the 90s. Yeah. This is the 90s, you know? Like, even now, they're still struggling with the idea of the female gaze. Yeah. So, the 90s, they were like, "What? what's a female yeah. gaze? What? Isn't this enough? Look, she's wearing a sailor suit and she's killing people. Isn't that enough yeah. for you? Yeah, I mean, if you're gonna objectify these characters, if you're gonna totally change race personality to make her appeal to men more, then by golly, give us some men for us women to objectify. Let us objectify yes. men. Anyway, I just <laughs> this is a horrible lesson to take from this episode. I disagree. Don't take this <laughs> lesson. Don't no. This is a bad no no. This is a terrible lesson. This is a very long episode, and this is a terrible lesson. <laughs> I feel like you could probably make one mini episode out of this this rant here. <laughs> right, I'll just like cut out like. A good 20 minutes of it. That'll be on our Patreon. Our Patreon. This is our bad <laughs> advice about male objectification. <laughs> our advice. Objectify yeah. men. <laughs> that's it. That's the that's the we're, tweet. Um, we're not saying don't objectify yeah. women. We're just saying also objectify men. <laughs> yeah. If you're gonna do one, you gotta do the other. That's well, equality. Well, I mean, it's a visual media. We want to look at pretty things. You know? Objectification mm-hmm. is gonna happen. Let's just both make it both. Anyways, <laughs> anyways, ah, <laughs> uh, uh, thanks for joining our podcast. Thanks for listening to us. Uh, right now, the only thing that we have set up for you to contact us is our email, which is oshiokio the podcast at gmail That's oshiokio the podcast. I think previously I left out the the. So, Oshikio, the podcast at gmail.com. Uh, but in the meantime, please rate and review us wherever you find us. Recommend us to your friends. Um, and until next time, Tsukini Kawate! Oshikio! Oshikio!